I may have some annoying white noise in the background. The heater. Just oh came no! On. Well, we'll just we'll just get enough white noise. It'll be fine. Uh, the 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 minor editing I do cuts out a lot of a lot of noise. So cool. Um, but no, so I well no, I should just as we record, I will tell this story. I bought some accessories. Oh, did you? Yeah. Well, we should record then, so you can tell me. About okay, <laughs> I'm. I am recording. If you can't accessorize, pulverize. <laughs> That's the only line I remember what? from Small Soldiers. Oh, oh my god. Wow, it's been a while since I've thought about that movie. That's when the, the like the Barbie dolls all activate. Not uh-huh. Barbie dolls, but the you know, the in universe equivalent of Barbie dolls. Yeah. And they like pull yeah. out their guns and stuff. I have seen that movie a total of one times. And the only memory I have of it actually isn't even of watching the movie. It's my grandma had just had a bunch of like toys in her house mm-hmm. for when the, when the kids would come around, I guess. And one of them was a, was a like action figure version of one of the bad guys from small soldiers. Oh really? That's such like a random one of the, like, thing for a grandma to have. Yeah, and I, I I remember it very vividly being mostly like, what the fuck is this from? <laughs> Tyler's grandma, local small soldiers enthusiast. I guess, yeah. she's It's it's her and, and you, apparently, the only people I know who like that movie. I haven't seen it in so long that I'm not entirely sure if I could say that I like it. I remember it. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's that's fair. <laughs> so that makes I feel that us. way about our show quite a bit. <laughs> It's been so long. It has been so long. Hello. Hello. Do you want to How record are you? How... a podcast? I would love to record a podcast. Now that we're we're back in the in the world, there's a a, sh- a glimmer of hope. A little bit. Just have to hunker down. Survive. Keep, keep chasing that. Keep chasing that silver lining. Yep. Uh, indoors, separately. Away, <laughs> away from other people. Stand united, together, far apart, in our own houses. <laughs> please, please. Um, but yeah, let's let's record a podcast about Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome to You Activated My Podcast, the weekly Yu-Gi-Oh! Recap Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Jimmy. And this week, Jimmy, are you ready for this? This week is episode 112 of You Activated My Podcast. I looked it oh, up we today. missed 111. We did. We did. Dang it. Uh, oh. But we're talking about season three, episode 12, Settling the Score, part duh. I have to say the translated title is much better. Translated title is much better. We'll get to that. Uh, As I was telling you, Jimmy, before we recorded, I wanted to save this for when we were were recording, because I know you'll appreciate this, 
and I think our audience will appreciate this. Um, so I okay. So last week was election week. Uh, it was oh, anxious talk for about everybody. Week. Holy crap! It was the longest year of my life. Was last week. Uh, so after all of that, and when we got to a point where it was like, okay, there's a glimmer of hope. <laughs> now everybody gets to, as you said, Jimmy, hunker down and like keep fighting separately in their own homes. Uh, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a little bit of retail therapy. I'm going to buy myself some stuff to make my personal computer set up a little bit nicer. Cause I have, I have a nice, you know, little desk here in our little office Mm and, and, uh, my computer is, we've talked about it. It's shitty, but I love it. And so I, so I went online and I bought uh, a few things. I bought a stand for my laptop. So I can I can sort of tilt it up and and you know get the the camera up a little bit higher and the keyboard oh, at a better angle. It's, it's very nice. I bought a USB hub so I can plug in more USB things and and leave them plugged in if I need to. Important. And I bought something that I've been wanting to buy for a while. I bought a mechanical keyboard. You got the clickety clacks. I got the clickety clacks. And uh, here, let me let me let me do a little bit of of uh, foley work for you here. Uh, a little bit Tilt of, that you mic some... down, Tyler, so we here, get that right, good clickety-clack audio. Let me get in here. Get that, uh, get the click. Maybe it's just our connection, but it suddenly got a lot quieter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the exact opposite of what I wanted. Hangouts uh, might but, be uh, uh, might might be muting me on on the clickety clacks, but uh, yeah. So so it's something that I've I've wanted to buy for a while. I really I like looking at mechanical keyboards, and I I've read a lot about them. Um, it's sort of like dice for me in a way. It's like yeah. practical jewelry. Eh, practical is maybe a strong term, but like it's something nice I can play around with. And so I decided I'm gonna buy just the cheapest mechanical keyboard that I can. Uh, I wanted. I, I specifically wanted to find something where I could get a particular kind of switch because you know there are different mm-hmm. switches that are that are color coded that have different like tensions and stuff. What switches were you going for? Well, okay, so I'll get I'll get to that. Okay. I I, I that was the one thing I had in mind, and then the other thing was I knew that I wanted it to be hot swappable so that I could switch those switches out without like having to resolder the keyboard or whatever, just in case I was wrong about what kind of switches I wanted. <laughs> I was pretty sure I was right. Understandable. Turns out I, I was right, and I, and I like these switches a lot. Um, the clicks but, are good, but the clacks, oof, gotta oof, get out of Oh, here. those clacks. Um, so I so I went online and I bought uh, <laughs> I bought a sixty percent, so it's a slightly smaller than average mechanical keyboard that fit everything I was looking for, and I like it a lot. So the package arrives. Uh, this was uh, a couple of days ago package arrives i unbox it and i'm like setting it up and everything and i went to youtube and i was like i should look up somebody doing an unboxing of this and like plugging it in just in case there's like anything i need to know about setting it up and so i'm watching this video i'm unpacking and i'm getting everything plugged in and then i hear the guy in the video say the name of the keyboard and it was the first time I hear, heard anyone pronounce it. You know how sometimes there are those words where you read them and you, in your head you pronounce it a much different way than mm-hmm. how it's 
pronounced. So I heard him pronounce it and I went, fuck. <laughs> Why did I have my, new key- <laughs> my The art keyboard, the new MX fuck. I have truly Tyler? hoisted myself. Um, so the name of this keyboard, I will spell it out for you. It is spelled D-I-E-R-Y-A. Okay. I'm going to let you ruminate on that for a second. I pronounced it Diria. Yeah. It is pronounced Diarrhea. No. Why? Diarrhea. 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 Are you sure? Are you sure that this guy knew what he was talking about? I looked up several other reviews and they all say it the same way. (laughs) So I got the diarrhea. I got the diarrhea keyboard. I got the DK61, the diarrhea keyboard. And Jimmy. Oh, no. I got brown switches. No, you didn't. You didn't get the brown switches on your the, diarrhea. Got the you got brown that brown switches. diarrhea. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, it would have been worse if I got red. You don't. Ooh, you don't want God. red diarrhea. No, you don't want red diarrhea, Tyler. Of of the colors of diarrhea that I could have purchased, brown was the safest. Ah. <laughs> uh, Anyway, that being said, I'm very much enjoying my brown diarrhea keyboard. (laughs) I bet you are. (laughs) So, just like 10 seconds ago, when you were uh, recording the audio, you're playing us the sound of what diarrhea sounds like. Yeah, I really wanted you to get good good recording of that that sweet diarrhea. (laughs) The sweet diarrhea clacking noise. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, yeah, so that's been my week. What are you up to? Well, Tyler, I mentioned it this to you, or you mentioned it to me first, I think. But happy belated exploding whale day. Oh, yeah. Happy uh, uh, 50th anniversary. Yes, it is. For those who don't know, uh, it is the 50th anniversary of exploding whale day. And... You might reasonably be wondering what that is. Uh, But 50 years ago, yesterday, I believe it was, uh, the state of Oregon had a big dead whale wash up on the beach. And they're like, this is kind of a hazard for people. How do we get rid of it? They looked at each other and were like, what if we just blow it up with TNT and vaporize (laughs) it? And so they got a bunch of tractors, rolled them out on the beach, dug a big hole underneath the whale, this massive giant sperm whale carcass i think it was yep. i don't remember the exact kind of whale it was like it was like a young sperm whale if i remember yeah. correctly eight tons oh gray is so, what it says gray whale okay lauren would know yeah <laughs> she was uh, so, there 50 years ago <laughs> it's been 84 years oh uh well i'll, I'll let Sorry, so Lauren Lauren has some extra stuff that uh Oh, I'll, I would love I'll to hear add. Lauren's take on the exploding tell, whale. Tell tell the full story and then and then we'll see if we can uh, get So her they on dug mic. a hole underneath this whale corpse, shoved some tea under TNT under there, and they're like, Okay, everyone stand back a good couple hundred feet. We're gonna blow it up and it'll be cool. And by this time a massive crowd had gathered. Right. Like, it'll, We're just the, gonna light them up and then it'll be a fun explosion. We can all clap and then go home. 
Right. The well, thinking being that it would get it into small enough chunks that the seagulls could just pick up the rest, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, that is not what happened. When you shove a bunch of TNT under a dead whale, uh, it doesn't break into perfect, like, inch-long bits. Uh, <laughs> they blew up this whale... And, like, 50-pound chunks of blubber rained down for hundreds of feet in all directions, crushing cars and spattering the onlookers. Truly And it didn't even blow up the whale. It was, like, still, like, 75% there at the end. Yep. And so now it is every... uh, Let's see, what day was it? It was the 13th. November 13th. Every November 13th is Exploding Whale Day. We we remember that fateful day. Happy we salute you, exploding whale. whale. Now uh, we Lauren, go to High Commissioner High Commissioner Lauren. <laughs> Hi. Um, with up to the minute news alerts on exploding whales. <laughs> I know what you're thinking, but it's not time for Yugi or not. Oh wow! It's time to bl- bl- so- blow up this whale. <laughs> so this happened in my home Fortress state. Whale, no. Fortress whale. Fortress whale can blow themselves up. Right. Um, Fortress whale is a whale that does the exploding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A different meaning of exploding whale. Right. Um, but this happened in my home state. Shout out to Oregon. Um, I've been to Florence, Oregon. It's nice. It's a nice beach when there's not a dead whale carcass on it. Um, <laughs> there's a giant bronze statue of a half exploded whale with a plastic. <laughs> oh, I wish. <laughs> Amazing. Um. I think they do this because they don't want the whale cuz the cuz rotting carcasses that large can injure people if they explode of their own volition um by the buildup of decomposition gases um like that giant dead whale that exploded in the middle of traffic in wherever that was a few years right, ago Right 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 yeah but um so the newscasters, they've remastered the footage. You can go watch it, and I highly recommend it. It's very amusing. The newscaster is a man called Paul Lindman, who is like uh, not only a newscaster, but also a famous um, like radio personality in Oregon when I was growing up. And his son taught my high school marketing class and we all were starstruck by a celebrity (laughs) we thought it was so cool we were like mr lindman's dad is paul lindman and we all got really excited anyway that's my personal connection to the story so i'm two degrees away from the exploding whale wow two degrees of whale separation (laughs) which is not far enough away to avoid being covered with blubber chunks unfortunately not anyway also i got in trouble at outdoor school for poking a dead seal that had washed up on the beach so anyway but with a stick right now with like your bare fucking hands yeah but let's be honest i was working up to touching it with my hands Ah, fair if i hadn't gotten in trouble that's clearly you needed to bring some dynamite with you i wish oh man I wish. Clear the beach. Um, but yeah, no, like like Lauren uh, mentioned, somebody did a 4K, um, uh, what do you call that? 4K transfer, I guess, of the original. Yeah, the original 16 millimeter news footage. They had so, it shipped off to someplace in Indiana to get it uh, actually transferred into 4K and digitized for the modern age. It's and amazing. I downloaded it from their website. It took a long oh, time nice. because it was swamped by everyone trying to download this 
1.92 gigabytes of exploding whale footage. It's really beautiful. And also, unfortunately, the exploding part is rather short because they had to make their camera person leave because they were in grave danger of being beaned by whale chunks. Yeah, it's it's truly it's like a it's like a horrifying war movie because you see the explosion. <laughs> it's awful. And for like two seconds, you think, oh, it worked. It's been disintegrated. Oh, look at that. A cool explosion. And then you see a <laughs> chunk of whale, like roughly the size and shape of like I don't know, a bear? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sure. Fall from the sky and then like land in the sand, like, I don't know, 100 feet away from where it started with a thud. Then you have to blow up the bears and then right. it like comes down in chunks the size of dogs. <laughs> then you blow up the dog chunks. They come down in the size of cats. <laughs> it's just never ending. It's never Zeno's ending. exploded whale. It just but if you <laughs> smaller every time you blow it up with TNT. <laughs> but if you if you Google uh, K A T U is the is the station K A T U exploding whale, it'll be the first thing that comes up. Happy exploding whale day! Happy, Happy exploding whale day! Exploding whale day! Sorry to just jump in on your no. Thanks, there. thanks for joining, High Commissioner Lauren. <laughs> we'll uh, we'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye, Commissioner. Uh, sh- <laughs> should we talk about Yu-Gi-Oh now? I guess we should. I do want to Did point you- out that Dave Barry referred to the exploding whale video as the most wonderful event in the history of the universe. <laughs> I'd agree with that. That that feels pretty accurate. It's like um, I don't know. I mean, it's like I I imagine it's like the moon landing or like um, <laughs> that's Oregon's of- moon landing. Yeah, up a dead whale. Like I'm trying to think of other like uh, TV events that we all remember that aren't fucking horrifying. Biden winning the election. That's not hard to remember, though. That's not that's, a legendary that's event. That's more. Well, that's, well, yeah, kind of, re- it might be bias. a legendary event. We'll we'll see. Re- a little bit of recency bias there. It was uh, legendary anyway. on Twitter. That that's like, true. All the videos, like from every city in the U.S. and around the world, were like people dancing in the streets. It was like Return of the Jedi. I it was such an interesting uh, uh, convergence of like events too, because here uh, on November fifth is the Guy Fox Day, right? Um, and it's also known as Bonfire Night, where you build a big bonfire or whatever, and a lot of people light fireworks. And here, unlike in, in Oregon, where fireworks are just straight up illegal, here it's legal to buy fireworks at any time, but you're only allowed to set them off at certain points in time. Is that right? Oh, oh. pardon me. Lauren, Lauren, correct me. You're allowed to set them off at any time, but people restrain themselves and save it for November 5th. <laughs> so people are just lighting off fireworks at their homes, um, like like big like in-the-sky fireworks. Well, and I'm like... The UK, uh, well, un- I guess unlike Oregon, setting off fireworks is not liable to burn down the entire UK. That is very true. <laughs> That's also very true. But so it, we got fireworks on November 5th. But I mean, you know, it's it's like Independence Day, right? People are lighting fireworks off the whole rest of the week. Yeah. So as we're scrolling through Twitter, watching these videos of people celebrating in the States, fireworks are going off literally across the street from us. <laughs> and we're like, oh, hey. Our own little celebration. But there you go. 
for a completely different reason. You for know, completely different reasons. Back when that back when that one guy didn't blow up Parliament. <laughs> we'll just blow uh, up the entire country one day a year for the rest of time. That sounds fair. A fair. <laughs> that, that's a fair exchange. <laughs> Everything in perfect balance. Uh, all right, let's talk about some Yu-Gi-Oh. It's time to discuss the episode. Season 3, episode 12, Settling the Score, part 2. Jimmy, you're correct. The translated title is much better. <laughs> the translated title is Attacks from Outer Space, Satellite Cannon. I think I bought that. I saw that movie in the like dollar DVD bin. Yeah, I think this is a uh, Mystery Science Theater episode. <laughs> Man, if Mystery Science Theater did Yu-Gi-Oh!, that would, I would watch the hell out of that. I would buy it instantly. I think we I think we could get in on that market. Yeah, make our own riff tracks. That'd be fun. Well, uh, just the two let's, of us. Well, yeah, let's let's put that on the to do list for twenty twenty one. All right. Uh, the summary in this episode is: With Lecter's Jinzo Deckmaster destroying all of Kaiba's traps, Imperial Order destroying all his spell cards, and Lecter's unreachable satellite cannon striking from space. Kaiba doesn't seem to stand a chance. Mokuba's unwavering faith in Kaiba keeps him believing that his brother will pull out a victory, but Noah has plans to ruin their brotherhood. Ru- ruin and brotherhood. Ruining brotherhood. I... <sighs> Seto, he stole our copy of Full Metal Alchemist. God. He's taking some of the DVDs and breaking them. <laughs> Brotherhood is ruined, Seto. <laughs> it's okay, Mokuba. I swapped them out for the live-action remake. <laughs> uh, so this episode starts with Yugi and the gang uh, stopped in the pickup truck that they st- stole. I uh, commandeered. Yeah. And uh, they're, the, right, they're at the the edge of the highway, and they're watching the the rocket that just took off, and they're thinking about it, and they're like, "Wait a second, how is this? How is this possible? Like, what? Where is that going? What's we're in a digital world still, and there's a rocket, and it's going into space, digital space." <laughs> they're trying to figure out how many chunks the world can load at a time. Right. What's the maximum draw distance? Well, you know, maybe it's maybe it's sort of a frustrum culling sort of situation where it's like, well, they're not looking directly at the rocket, so it doesn't have to worry about that right now. <laughs> they can't see it. Just it's part of the skybox now. Right. Uh, meanwhile, Tristan, who is in the robot monkey body, is thinking about how actually really isn't that bad being a robot monkey. So long as Serenity keeps holding him at roughly chest level. <laughs> Teenagers cool, get Tristan. a teenage. Yep. Yep. Uh, as he's thinking this, he's scratching the back of his head, which has a conspicuously large switch. It's an absolutely <laughs> enormous switch back there that <laughs> apparently huge. is built to change his voice settings from monkey noises to human speech. Right. And it, like, I don't... Because it looks like a power switch, right? Yeah. And he flips it. And for a minute, I'm thinking, oh, that's a season wrap on Tristan. <laughs> oh, he's dead. 
Human but, brain deleted. But then just like what he's thinking comes out as actual words all of a sudden and everyone hears it and then he flips it back off on accident and everyone looks around going, wait, what was that? What'd you just say? Good thing Noah and the Big Five designed this virtual robot monkey who is both virtual and a robot to be a human brain prison to be able to speak either monkey noises or human speech. Yeah, I I have so many questions about this monkey robot. Do you... Is it a physical object or is this a digital hard light hologram construction? I'm wondering that too. Is this just like a previs prototype of like an actual robot monkey that Kaiba Corp was planning to release. I guess it doesn't really matter because if Tristan's brain, well, no, it does matter. If Tristan's brain is digitized, theoretically they could digitally insert it into a digital entity. Yes. But then, then we're, where is where is his brain then in that case? Yeah, where is his brain actually being stored? Is he on right. a server somewhere? Because that's just for human brains. Because okay, so here's here's the here's the reason I'm I'm caught up on this. <laughs> ah fuck! I spilled my coffee and deleted all these human brains. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just Pen Gillette from Hackers. <laughs> Sitting in sitting in in a dark corner somewhere. Um, so here's the reason I'm caught up on this. Can you just control C, control V, and make two Tristans now? Yes, that's the question. <laughs> it's it's the question of when um, John was it Johnson? No, who was uh, Judge Man? Nesbit. No, ne- yes. Nesbit was the digital guy. Oh, then, hmm. Nesbitt was the one who was, like, working on machines. Right, bit, because, like, a computer. Yes, Nesbitt. So it must have been Johnson. No. Yes. Who cares? Crump- the big five. Okay. The, the okay. judge guy. The judge guy. He was using the fact that it was a digital world to alter the chance of Joey's dice, right? Mm-hmm. And that was because he has a digital mind and is occupying a digital body and exists fully like Neo in the Matrix manipulating the code. Digital dancing, digital style. <laughs> he is not he was not constrained by any any physical limitations. If Tristan is in a monkey body that is itself digital. Tristan can technically operate by the same mechanics. Unless he doesn't have admin privileges, something like that. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. I forgot. (laughs) The digital world's permissions hierarchy. (laughs) Tristan is all the way at the bottom under monkey brain. (laughs) Uh, Needs to do uh, a pseudo dual dash P. Um, anyway, a little bit of Linux humor for y'all. Uh, anyway. Okay. So he says a human word, uh, he turns it back on and then he starts talking again and he's like, oh, hey, I'm, you all can hear me. It's me, Tristan, a monkey. Help. Save me. (laughs) 
Joey immediately goes, nope, don't trust it. And <laughs> ties the little monkey body to the corner of the trunk, the truck bed because fairly so he thinks that this could definitely be one of Noah's traps. Yeah, it could be. I think the, the words he used were saying that he's a robot spy from the big five, which I mean, you know, even, even if it is Tristan, if this is a robot monkey body that the big five built, it could be still spying on them without Tristan's yes. knowledge. I mean, we've already established that Noah has his little screen room where he can just observe all that is happening anywhere. That's true. That's true. He has spectator mode on. <laughs> He's no clipping through the walls. <laughs> okay, so I guess it doesn't really matter then if, Joey's, if uh, really Tristan's matter. a spy. Um, the point is go they back. don't trust Tristan when he says that he's Tristan and Which, not a monkey. Sure. Yeah. Fair. All right. They barely trust Tristan when he's a human. So. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> Nothing's changed. Um. Then we go back to the duel between Seto Kaiba and Lecter, who nobody can determine or or decide on how his name is spelled. I was looking at that under your summary. His name is spelled completely different, and it was different last week, wasn't it? Yeah. So the the summary uh, from this week's episode is L E C T O R, but then in all the subtitles and stuff, it's L E I C H T E R, like Lechter, Lechter. It doesn't really matter, I guess. But I, you know. I want consistency He's in my fucking Jinzo. card game show. <laughs> his Jinzo. He's Jinzo. For all intents and, and purposes, he's Jinzo. I still can't get over his voice. It's really good. He's got that <laughs> that southern drawl. Uh, you have better notes here. Uh, oh, do I? Dual stuff happens. Dual stuff. Yeah. Um... Okay, let's look at my notes then. I watched this a few days ago, so I'm like really relying on my notes to remember what happened. Uh, Lecter's whole steez in this duel is he's building up his life points to then spend them to get his cards to do special things. So he starts with, uh, or we pick up rather, with he's got like three times the amount of life points that Kaiba has. And he uses... 2000 life points to activate injection fairy lily's special ability which boosts her attack by 3000 attack points uh she then attacks kaiba's twin-headed behemoth which then regenerates i guess i didn't realize that was a i didn't know that was a thing it could do didn't uh, isn't that a giant germ thing as well didn't that happen last episode with Giant Germ where Lecter killed it and oh, Kaiba yeah. was like, oh, I got another one. That's how germs work. I guess. Uh, who, who knew that Kaiba was regenerating cards? Anyway, uh, so so that comes back. Lecter plays a card face down and then plays Emergency Provisions. Which, <laughs> which lets you be a cannibal. Yeah, it's so weird because it's like, here's this card with like a big... How would you describe this? What's what's the creature that comes out of it? It it almost reminded me of like gluttony from Full Metal Alchemist. Did yeah, it earlier? was like a big mouth. It's just a big mouth with like beady little eyes. 
And it's weird because the actual card art that I just pulled up is literally just some, like, emergency rations. You've got, like, two tins of can, like, two cans, and then, like, what looks like a Pop-Tart bag and some chips. <laughs> okay, so it's so it's an MRE. It's, a, yeah, it's exactly an MRE. Uh, a meal ready okay. to eat. And then... In, but in, in the, the cartoon, it's a giant mouth that eats the face-down card. <laughs> yeah. And because of this, uh, Lecter's life points go up by a thousand. Yeah. So it's literally just cannibalism. Yep. Yep. But it's a way to get back life points. You know, he gets back half the amount that he spent, so he's still doing okay. Uh, Then he points Kaiba's attention to another card that's uh, sort of standing up on the side of the field that has an energy gauge on it that goes from like, like green to yellow to red. He's like, hey, remember that giant rocket I launched like two seconds ago? <laughs> Kyla goes, no, which rocket? Remind me. <laughs> um, but the energy gauge is the power gauge on the rocket, and that's it shows its current attack points. And apparently, every turn, its attack power goes up by a thousand. Right. Which is pretty damn good. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a... Uh... If nothing else, it's a good mechanic for a television show, right? Because it gives you that, like, race against the clock kind of mechanic. Yeah. Uh, Meanwhile, Noah and Mokuba are watching from a couch. Noah's, like, weird, (laughs) well-appointed parlor room. Uh, In the middle of just the void. Right. uh, As Yugi and the gang pull up to the duel and and start watching from a, a closer distance... Noah tells uh, Mokuba that he shouldn't be too sure that Seto even cares about him. Bum, bum, ba. Gasp. And Mokuba's like, uh, what do you mean? (laughs) Mokuba is so frustrating this episode. Um, Mokuba makes Mokuba noises. Yeah. Joey, Yugi, and Taya all realize that because Lecter is Jinzo, Kaiba's traps are useless. So they have one of those like three-way like, ah, 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 sort of moments. Yep. Uh, They show up at the giant hole in the virtual causeway because remember this whole time they've been dueling on this bridge in the middle of a virtual ocean. Right. Yeah. it's, uh, It's like a set from speed. And so they see him dueling Jinzo, and he's like, gasp. It's like dueling with half a deck, which is a pretty good yeah. observation by Taya, because since he's Jinzo, he can just eliminate all trap cards. Right. Jinzo's special ability might as well be called, fuck you. <laughs> Jinzo plays blue decks. Right. Uh, Kaiba plays a card called Heavy Storm, which would blow away Jinzo's magic and trap cards. Which is the only uh, card to feature art of a cow being blown away by a tornado. It What? It, what? <laughs> Did you not see it when it pops up on no. screen? It's got a cow being blown away by a tornado. I'm sorry. I'm pulling this up. You can hear the clickety clack. Uh... Okay, the only card that's coming up for me is Strong Wind Dragon, which is not what I wanted. <laughs> and that sounds like a dragon that's farting at you. Um, anyway, I believe you. It's a twister card. Yeah, it's straight out of uh, the tornado scene in um, 
forget. I'm completely blanking on this famous movie that went from Twister. black and white to color. No. Twister. Oh. No. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, that movie. Yellow Brick Road. And Yellow Brick Road. Uh, Wizard of Oz. Wizard of Oz. <laughs> I forgot Wizard of Oz. I can't believe, I can't believe it, t- it just took two film majors a full 30 seconds to think of the words The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> and I, before I remembered The Wizard of Oz, I remembered that it started off in black and white and went to color. Right. As time went on. And I was thinking, oh yeah, 1939, uh, 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 Dorothy Gale, Red Shoes. Anyway. Anyway, here I'll just paste you the link to the art for heavy storm so you can see this cow oh, getting blown away twister you. style oh holy shit yeah there is a cow wow this is fully <laughs> just this is this is twister fan art yep um all right so he plays heavy storm which should blow away jinzo's magic and trap cards but lector activates a card called imperial order darth vader shows up and uh first chokes kaiba uh so darth vader wins the duel and the Death Star explodes. Is that how this goes? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Wrap it up. Let's end the podcast. Um, no. Okay. So Imperial Order uh, cancels all magic trap cards and it can stay out on the field so long as Elector pays 700 life points per turn. So now not only are Kaiba's traps useless, his magic cards are useless as well. So now he's playing with a third of a deck. Yeah, he's, he's got just monsters. This is a, a very good uh, strategy. I don't think we've ever seen before. I don't think so. I think we've seen like, I think we've seen the the inverse of this. We've seen like some no monster decks. Mm-hmm. Actually, that was kind of that's kind of Kaiba's strategy with the the crush curse, yeah. right? Where you can't play a powerful magic card or monster cards. Um, but yeah, limiting somebody to only monster cards is really interesting. Uh, or it would be if it weren't against Kaiba. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lecter's turn starts. Oh, okay. I have to complain to you, Jimmy, because you play Magic the Gathering more than I do, which is to say I don't really play at all anymore. Lecter's turn starts, and he does this thing that Magic the Gathering players do that I hate, where he goes, okay, well, as I activate this card, I spend 700 life points. Then I activate this other card, which gives me 1,000 life points, bringing me up to 3,200. And I spend 2,000 attack or life points to give this 3,000 attack points, bringing it up to 4,800. And then you like go through all these steps of math to be like, and then I attack. <laughs> and then I kick your butt. Like, this is like, I, I this will make sense to a few of our listeners. This is like playing against somebody with an infinite mana deck. Yeah. The goal because is to part- be as obnoxious as possible. Right. And the whole point is to just be like, and then I tap this card, and then that lets me untap this card, and that lets me tap this card again, and then that lets me untap that card, and that lets me draw three cards from my deck, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you just want them to be like, yada, 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 I win. Right? Mm-hmm. There no. are entire decks based around the idea that you get into an infinite loop uh, such that you can never actually lose Right. And that's that's kind of what Lecter's trying to do here. Yeah. But then, and I think this is where your notes sort of pick back up a little bit. Then we hear the words, satellite cannon, begin firing sequence. Except you have to say it in his voice. Satellite cannon, begin firing sequence. <laughs> that, was, that was sexy. <laughs> it's me, Jinzo. 
Who's also Lecter? I'm two men in one. <laughs> I really want to go to Jinzo's barbecue joint. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Wait, say that again? What? I'm wearing nothing but leather and metal. That sounds horrible. That sounds horribly uncomfortable, Jinzo. <laughs> have you seen Jinzo recently? I have. I noticed I just... that his like head strap thing for his weird mask goes like on top of his ears instead of behind him, and then like the tops of his ears are sticking up behind it. It looks profoundly uncomfortable. Yeah, that's how you're supposed it's... to be wearing your mask. <laughs> It looks made of metal, so it's like crushing his ears. It's uh, it's those new AirPods. <laughs> My new AirPods. <laughs> Allow me to listen to music without having to deal with wires. What kind of music does uh, Jinzo Lecter listen to? Uh, he would listen to like industrial, like doom metal. Mm, okay, I'm into that. That'd be fun. Listen to uh, listen to some uh, Lord Weird Slaufeg. Sure, is a band that I'm aware of. <laughs> uh, no, he's not cool enough to listen to Slaufeg. Um, anyway, that that'll be a nice Google so, for people. So yeah, go ahead. Uh, Lecter says it's good that he's it's fitting that he's using a satellite cannon to destroy Kaiba because Kaiba destroyed all his real life missiles. Um, and then a giant beam of something, I guess, light, uh, erupts from the cannon. Yeah, it's unclear. Orbit. It's a it laser. Moves, it's a laser that moves extremely slowly, uh, punching through clouds and sending waves in all directions. You know, standard giant laser from space stuff. And it impacts in front of Kaiba and there's a giant beam of light and there's like wind and explosions going everywhere. And then like it fades to reveal uh, his wicked worm beast is there, and it goes, eh, and then it just fades away. It dies. Yeah, it it <laughs> killed it killed the face down card that he had, and that's it. And that's it. Like there was all this like shock and awe and like special effects and like you would think that everyone there would be dead, but instead it doesn't even like vaporize this wicked worm beast. It's still like very much alive. Until it just goes eh, and then fades. It was very like I, so, I I've, it was a letdown. I was yeah. disappointed by the space laser. It 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 the buildup was so good, right? Because we we got the rocket launching, we got the satellite unfurling at the end of the last episode, and we get like all this, like the fire my lasers thing. And I've mentioned Evangelion a few times in the last few episodes, but it was very like Neon Genesis Evangelion, right? Where you have the laser coming down and there's waves in the water. And then it's like if they shoot the big laser in Evangelion and then everything fades and then it's just Shinji being like, oh, hey, everybody. (laughs) Like the angel is still just standing there and then like everything around it is also still fine instead of there being any sort of destruction. Right. A letdown. It, it was it was a letdown. You all that time and energy spent into giving a worm a heart attack. <laughs> yeah, I guess so, yeah. And Tyler, this disappears. laser is the exploding whale of our time. Oh my this, god, this it is. This is the exploding whale of Yu-Gi-Oh. 
Where were you explode. when the satellite cannon killed the worm? <laughs> 50 years from now, we'll look back on this episode. Uh, so, um, okay. So yeah. So, so, uh, Kaiba, the Kaiba's turn. Yeah. And so Jinzo explains, um, that the satellite cannon is unreachable. It cannot be attacked because it is 240 miles up in orbit making it impossible to be attacked by most monsters. And then uh, uh-huh. uh, Kaiba's okay. like, what do you mean by most? Um, and I had to look this up because I was curious. And for reference, the International Space Station orbits at 254 miles up. Oh. So it's this satellite is lower and probably faster than the International Space Station. So if he wants okay. to shoot it again, he'd better do it quickly before it passes over the virtual horizon. Oh, yeah, because then you got to wait a while. Yeah. Yeah. Damn, I have to wait another 90 minutes for it to circle back around the virtual <laughs> Earth. I passed my turn. Uh, three episodes later, it spins back around. Aha! The satellite is back in, over the horizon. Time to shoot you again. Uh, okay, so uh, is it ever explained what he means when he says most monsters can't attack? I don't think it is. Like, we get there at the end of the episode, but it's not clear how or why this is possible. Right. Is it... Have you looked up the card? Is it explained in the actual card rules? What's the actual name of this laser satellite? Do you remember? I think it's just Satellite Cannon. Yeah, it's Satellite Cannon. I'm looking it up right now. Let me go to uh, www.db.yugio-card.com. Because ah okay, the skipping ahead a little bit to the end of the episode, he does end up attacking it. This mm-hmm. card cannot be destroyed by battle with a level seven or lower monster. During each of your end phases, the card gains a thousand attack. Mm. The card attacks. Mm. This increased attack returns to zero after damage calculation. Sure. Okay. Mm. Hmm. Okay. What level... We'll get to this. We'll get to that. So when it attacks... Okay, all right, all right, okay. I'm satisfied. What was its attack power when it killed that worm? Was it a thousand? Because otherwise it would be like zero. (laughs) I guess it had to have been a thousand. a A warm breeze on this worm. So now he starts to monologue. And he says, now it's time. You paid the price for you sent others to get what you want, which is a very on-the-nose moral of this episode. <laughs> right. Uh, and it's flashback time. Hooray. <laughs> My favorite. Uh, we get a flashback to... Uh, where, do, where do I even start here? Uh, well, first we cut away to Noah and Mokuba. And Noah says it's time that he learned the harsh truth about his brother. Right. So that's, as that... as Lecter is monologuing, we see this mm-hmm. flashback with a really weird, uh, like, water drop effect in between each scene. Did you notice this? Yeah, it's a very strange transition that they've never used before. It was just like a water ripple and like the sound of a single drop of water falling into a bucket. Yeah, exactly like that. 
Um, but no, that's the other thing that Lecter says is, is he goes like, now's the time for that you finally paid the price for using others to get what you want. Even your own brother. Dun, dun, and that, that's the, that's the dramatic. Yeah. So it's a flashback to when... There's almost like a, like a Bob's Burgers sort of like overly dramatic sting as it zooms in <laughs> on Mokuba's face. Uh, so they do a they do a flashback to the same flashback we've seen before, where Gozaburo gives Seto the ten million dollar test, mm-hmm. um, and Seto uh, so they go through that whole thing of like, yeah, okay, you did the thing, you did, you got the ten million dollars, you got the hundred million dollars, cool, fine, whatever. After that, Seto calls a board meeting with the Big Five. And proposes that they sign a new plan and buy up pieces of Kaiba Corp so that Seto and the Big Five jointly purchase 51% of Kaiba Corp and usurp Gozaburo's place. Mm. So they're making this plan. They're all in favor. They're like, yep, cool, fine. We'll work for this 15-year-old child or whatever. And at some point, somebody learns that someone is leaking the plan to Gozaburo and Seto tells them that it was Mokuba. Gasp. Bum, bum, ba. Another dramatic so young Kaiba. Another dramatic sting. Uh, another bloop sound effect. It's a cut to later. Young Kaiba straight up beats up young Mokuba in front of the board of directors. Yeah. Like pushing like, him against got the him wall. Up against, yeah. Slapping him around. He's like got him up against the wall, uh, for his his horrible crimes. Uh, this forces Mokuba to run to Gozaburo for comfort, and Mokuba somehow owns two percent of Kaiba Corp. And yeah, what? Why? Why Gozaburo is this? Owns, Gozaburo apparently owns forty eight percent. Uh, forty nine. Apparently, forty nine. Forty nine percent. Uh, which I guess makes uh, Mokuba the richest toddler in the world. Yeah, how old here, is he at this he's point? Like, he's what, four? Five, maybe? Yeah. A very small child. And then Kaiba goes and confronts Gozaburo, who tells him he still owns 51% of the company thanks to Mokuba. Right. Yeah, he so says, he- sorry, I'm... This is a, a like a coup against me. Uh, I fire all the big five are fired. I'm Seto. I'm sending you back to the orphanage. Uh, but then Mokuba shows up and like opens the door and runs in dramatically and says he's giving his two percent to Seto, and that gives Seto the new for fifty one percent of the company, making him the new president. Is that how companies work? Yeah. I, yeah. Sure. A, an actual toddler can take over a company if they wanted. I mean, if the president of that company is stupid enough to give a toddler 2%, I guess, yeah, sure. Sure, why not? I have a controlling share in your company. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't understand anything about how this, this weird family works. So, like, sure, they can do whatever. So then, that makes Seto the new president, and then... Gozaburo, I guess, goes into exile? Yeah, oh, sorry. First, I've highlighted a line here that I need you to read in your Mokuba voice, because this is what Mokuba oh, says as he gives Seto the 2%. Seto and I are a team. I'd never turn my back on him. 
Right. Even though he's just, like, in the last scene, we saw him getting the snot beaten out of him. Right. It could have been ten minutes ago. Uh, but then, yeah, Seto, and... Seto becomes the new president of Kaiba Corp, Gozaburo, I forget the exact wording, but, like, runs away in shame. Yeah, he is forced out and then vanishes right. somehow. Mysteriously. Bye. <laughs> I'm sure n- none of this will ever come back to Hong <laughs> Right. Once someone becomes not the leader of a company anymore, they just disappear. That's how companies work. <laughs> That's how companies work. <laughs> uh, Economic lessons with Mokuba. <laughs> uh, so then we... we uh, do we get out of the flashback at this point? Yeah, yeah we're back, back in the present. Yeah, back to the, the duel. Lecter accuses Seto of being the real leak, quote unquote, that he blamed it on Mokuba as like a as like a scapegoat mm-hmm. to give Gozaburo a false sense of security and manufacture that whole scene where Mokuba runs up and gives Seto the two percent because, and this is actually fair. This is fair justification. He knows that Gozaburo loves beating people who think that they've won. So he's going to do the same to Gozaburo. He's going to beat him after he's made him think that he's won. And that Mokuba would, he knows that Mokuba would stay loyal to him and give him the 2% in the end. Right. And Kaiba like doesn't deny any of it. Right? Yeah. He He's like, yeah, that happened. He doesn't say it didn't happen. He says, uh, he, okay, no, I have it written down here. He says, look, Lecter, life is a game. And if you can't win it, then don't play. <laughs> Which, like, doesn't paint a very good picture of yourself, my guy. No. He, so he's basically saying, yeah, I did throw my own little brother under the bus and, like, beat him up in front of all these adults. And take advantage of his undying loyalty. Take advantage of his undying loyalty because he's, like, four years old. Also, like... Yes, I did beat up this child. (laughs) Life's a game, bro. Get with it. (laughs) Bruh. Uh, But, like, okay. Life's a game. If you can't win it, then don't play. A game where you only win is a book. <laughs> right? Tyler, I'm writing a new book. Do you know what it's called? What? It's called Jimmy Wins. Jimmy, I... It I've, has one page and it has one sentence. Jimmy, <laughs> I've... opened it up. I've written two Jimmy Wins books already. Are you telling me you're writing <laughs> Jimmy Wins 3, the threequel? <laughs> yes, but now with a, in uh, hardback... Oh, there's literally just two hardback covers and then like a single slip of paper in between them. (laughs) No, it's the it's just the flyleaf on the (laughs) the cover. (laughs) By even looking at this book, you've already lost. Unless you're Jimmy. Unless you're me. In which case you win. (laughs) Look, life is a game. And if you can't win it, then don't play. Oh, so, okay. Mokuba has been watching all this go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so Seto is. Uh, Seto basically says, Yeah, I use the Big Five and I use Mokuba to get ahead. Shut up and duel me. <laughs> right. <laughs> Debate me, coward. <laughs> <laughs> and, and 
And so uh, it's his yep. turn, and we get back into the duel. All right, Kaiba summons Spirit Ryu. At which point, I wrote down Hadouken just out of <laughs> out of habit. <laughs> Hadouken. Uh, Spirit Ryu. Uh, Hadouken's Fairy Lily. Uh, no, pardon me. It uses Sonic Flash Attack, which is my favorite game on the Game Boy Advance. Uh, Lecter boosts her attack points by spending 2,000 of his life points. Which... I love the way he pronounces Fairy Lily, too. Lily. Lily. Injection Fairy Lily. Uh, boosts her attack points, so Fairy Lily destroys Spirit Ryu. Um, which I... But Seto sacrifices two of his dragon monsters to boost its attack, so then Fairy Lily only does 400 life points of damage. Oh right, yes, to to Seto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a bit of like yeah. like posturing going on here as they're like boosting the attack power of each of their monsters. But I didn't yeah. catch until now that when Elector does the thing that boosts Fairy Lily's attack points, this like already giant syringe she's carrying. <laughs> There's like a sound effect for it that I didn't notice either. It goes <laughs> boing <laughs> and the And it gets bigger. And it wiggles. <laughs> So it goes from being like a like a I don't know I don't know what what size would that be like carrying a small dog to like a duffel bag yeah like a, it goes from a duffel bag to like a bazooka yeah <laughs> but it was like the sound those, effect like, that killed me like one of those U.S. military like rucksacks just like a big tube yeah yeah I have one of those somewhere I have it packed away um okay so uh. Yeah, so they do all that. Fairy Lily kills the monster, does 400 damage to Kaiba. We cut to Yugi, who's watching from a distance, and Yugi goes, oh, I see what he's doing now, and doesn't tell us. (laughs) Oh, I know what his strategy is. (laughs) I'm sitting on the edge of my seat, and I'm like, yes, Yugi, tell me. I don't know what he's doing. (laughs) Oh, I'm not going to tell you. I just want you to know that I know. I feel like Yugi could say that at any point, right? Yeah. Uh, well, it shows us what his strategy is. Um, Seto then attacks with two-headed behemoth. Uh, and now, because of all this like boosting lecture has been doing, he doesn't have enough life points to boost the fairy. So uh, fairy lily gets destroyed. Right. Womp womp. So Lecter... Uh, is low on life. He can't afford to keep destroying Kaiba's magic cards with uh, Imperial Order 66. <laughs> um, <laughs> he can't command the clones to attack the Jedi. So instead, he commands Sat- Satellite Cannon to attack uh, the two-headed behemoth, which gets destroyed. Uh, and then... Oh, then Kaiba does the magic, the gathering thing that I that I still hate. Yeah. He's like, then uh, I'm going to draw one card, and then I'll play Pot of Greed, which allows me to draw two more cards. And then I'm going to take those cards that I drew, and I'm going to play one of them. Uh, he plays Possessed Dark Soul. Wow, a soul that's possessed. A soul still that's burns. That's like a soul on a soul. <laughs> Yo, dog. <laughs> I heard you like souls. <laughs> so put a soul in your soul. Uh, Possessed Dark Soul looks great on the PS5, by the way. <laughs> uh, like, not even is the, the soul dark, but it's also possessed. 
Like it was already bad. I wonder if you could. And then like, it gets possessed on top of that. Yeah, like could you play modifiers on to possess Dark Soul? Like could you make it a dark possessed Dark Soul? An evil possessed Dark Soul? <laughs> shadow Shadow Bobado. <laughs> uh then Lecter reveals uh, a card that he has called Dream Sprite, which redirects the attack from Possessed Dark Soul and points it to the satellite cannon. Yeah, it allows it to send some creature's attack to one of his other creatures. Mm -hmm. And so he sends it to the satellite, but the satellite is so far away that it can't be attacked. So it just like fizzles away into nothing. It's just too dang high. Which is honestly pretty good. Too dang high. It's too dang high up in space. Uh, And he says that once the satellite... He's firing his lasers... Charging his lasers. Once it reaches 2,000, he will be able to just completely obliterate Kaiba directly and win the duel. So Kaiba's in a tough situation. But here's where uh, the end result of the duel comes in. In all of these, you know he's going to win. It's against the big five. Yep. Yeah, true. And here's how he does it. He plays a face-down monster, and then finally he gets to use Lord of D. <laughs> Which uses his special ability to summon D <laughs> into his hand. Lord of Dragons. For the purposes of the television show, we must specify D stands for dragons. Which is very disappointing. <laughs> Our podcast uh, has yeah, an explicit he's... tag, though, so it can mean whatever you think it means. <laughs> uh, Dick. Lord there, of Dicks. I said it. <laughs> So he sacrifices both monsters to be able to summon this new monster, uh, any dragon from his hand, to reveal who else but motherfucking blue eyes white dragon. Wow, I'm shocked. Uh, And so he plays blue eyes white dragon, which he then sends into orbit? That's a thing it can do? I guess. Sure. It's got wings. So as... It's it, it's got wings, so it starts flying up. You know, just how like how all birds can go to space, <laughs> <laughs> right? All dogs go to heaven. All birds go to space. All uh, blue eyes, white dragons go to death orbit. The leading cause of is birds is when they fly too fast and just orbit in space forever. I hate it when that happens. <laughs> Dang it! Um, and so as blue eyes is flying up and up and up, he says that. He reminds uh, Jinzo Lecter uh, that the satellite cannon only has attack power when it's about to fire. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, its attack power is zero. Right. And so we get this long, drawn-out sequence, uh, like in the last episode of Blue Eyes White Dragon flying into space like fucking Tetsuo, <laughs> end of Akira, and like flying up right next to this orbiting satellite. Uh, and just like in Akira, uh, it blows up the satellite and like satellite chunks rain down again. And like in these like streaks like of light passing through the clouds as chunks of satellite rain down uh, as the sky turns brilliant white from the explosion. Again, very and, similar and so... to the exploding whale. <laughs> and uh, yeah, <laughs> chunks of whale blubber rain down from the space whale. Uh, Jinzo has some real popping blood vessels, which like throb, which is unpleasant to look at as he panics. And he's like, no! Uh, but he says, 
No, I think it's Kaiba who says this. Looks like you won't be leaving cyberspace anytime soon, which is a real mood for 2020. (laughs) And Lecter insists that he'll be back as he dissolves into digital dust. While parts of the satellite are like falling down around him, which is a really yeah. While satellite chunks are like falling and splashing all over, um, and he says, "Till he tells Seto that he'll never see his brother again," and just goes poof. It's got a very like um, uh, what's 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 his name? Is it is it Drago Draco from Kim Possible? Shigo. No, no, no. The the other one, the guy. Oh. Drac? No, I don't remember. Uh, yeah, not Shigo. I just looked up Kim Possible villain. Draken. No, she goes she goes the good the the good villain. No, that's not a that's not a phrase. Um You know, the one Dr. Draken. Is that the, it? She goes crazy mad scientist dude. Yeah. One, right? Yeah, yeah Dr. Yeah. Draken. Draken? Huh. Oh, yeah. with two Ks. Okay. Uh, mm. Oh, voiced by John DiMaggio. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Everything's clicking together. So Bender says, <laughs> Kim Possible, <laughs> Shut up, you baby, think I you're know. all that, <laughs> but you're not. It's that vibe. It's the same energy. <laughs> um, and then yep. he disintegrates. We cut to Kaiba wins. Do 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 do. Level up. Uh, we cut to Mokuba and Noah watching. Mokuba cheers for Kaiba, and he tells Noah that he would stay by his brother no matter what. And Jimmy, I've highlighted another line that I need you to read. God, this Mokuba's is wrecking voice. my throat, but I'll this say is the it. last one. We're family and nothing's going to separate us. Nothing. And then, and this is how the episode ends. This is how, Jimmy, this is how an episode of television ends. A televised episode of a cartoon ends this way. Noah says to no one in particular, I'll show him family. (laughs) No, Mokuba, I'm going to be your brother now. (laughs) (laughs) Like... What he's gonna pull up Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Like what? <laughs> What's gonna... No, Mokuba, you want to see a real family? I've got some old episodes of the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Does he mean I'm gonna show you that family will disappoint you? Like, I like guess? he's gonna pull up Full House? What other family shows can we name? Different strokes. Family Feud. Family feud. <laughs> uh, I'm going to show him family. Name one thing that goes on pizza. <laughs> pineapple. What? Show me pineapple. And uh, then Kaiba just kind of yells as debris rains down over the sea. The end. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that that shot that is, that's kind of a dramatic shot yeah. that's fine uh what was the best part of this episode for you jimmy the best part of this episode is freaking blue eyes white dragon flying into orbit to destroy a kill satellite <laughs>
Mm-hmm. That was that was like, great. I thought I thought the last episode was good in terms of how these are only things you can do in a virtual world. But Blue Eyes White Dragon flying into orbit to destroy space debris is it's it's up there. It's up it, there. It, it eclipses last episode, I think. That was very good. It had a it had a big like Gundam vibe to it too. Like you mentioned Akira, which mm-hmm. is definitely accurate, but like just that that feeling of seeing something small on the horizon and it gets bigger and bigger as it gets closer and like like breaks through the clouds and get, <laughs> goes up next to a satellite and then instead of like physically touching the satellite uses an energy weapon to obliterate it in orbit. Pew pew. It's very good. Uh that was my Was best. that also your best? That was my best. I'm as glad well. we were in agreement. That was I... that was a cool scene. I was minorly... That's such a Yu-Gi-Oh fucking thing. The freaking blue eyes white dragon <laughs> blowing up a satellite. I was minorly annoyed by the like, you can't reach it aspect. Like, because that never really gets explained. In the in the yeah, they don't it explain sense. it. Yeah, because it's um, it's but only... it's a very good uh, technique. I thought. Yeah, I I think Not it's cool. Strategy. Like it's a it's an interesting card, and Blue Eyes is a is a level eight monster. I looked it up, so it can attack ah. and and kill the satellite cannon. But that was like what other level eight monsters are there that would look even stupider <laughs> flying up into space to attack the satellite cannon? Uh, List let's of level eight out. monsters, please. Googling Yu Gi Oh level eight monsters. Uh, you know, because the thing, the thing is, is like. If they'd set it in the television show, it would have still been cool is the thing, right? Like they could have said only a level eight monster can attack. And then it would be this drama of like, oh, can Kaiba draw a level eight monster? What level eight monster does he even have? And then Yugi would go, oh, I know what level eight monster he has. And we'd all be like, wait, does he mean... (gasps) And then it's revealed, yes, it's blue eyes. Like, that would have been cool, right? Are you looking at level eight monsters? Yes. I was going to make fun of some of these monsters, uh, but all of these would look rad as hell flying into space to attack a satellite cannon. Yeah, level eight is where monsters are just universally rad as hell. Can you just, like, pick one randomly as, like, not randomly, maybe. Oh, yeah, the first one I saw. Tell me your favorite. Cracking dragon, Gromit. Look at this thing. (laughs) Uh oh wow yes the cracking dragon, huh? Like what the hell is that? That looks like some kind of like he drawn like eldritch horror monstrosity coming out of space and time to wreck your shit. That would destroy yeah. a cannon. Yeah, I mean yeah. Ultimate Tyranno. Well hell we've got Parsec the interstellar dragon. Are are level eight drag are level eight monsters only dragons? Hang on, I'm gonna I'm gonna skip ahead in this list I'm looking at. I gotta see if there's anything. There's that's some not kind a dragon. of number forty six, Dragulon, Nebula Dragon, Drag Unity Knight Barcha. Uh, okay, there's no, a just lot of, of dragons of the early list. Borload Furious Dragon is pretty good. Uh, Borload Furious <laughs> Dragon is basically what if you rounded all the edges on Blue Eyes White Dragon and then just made it purple. There's a lot of seed, like various dragons. Yeah. Turns out this game has a lot of dragons. Malefic Red Eyes Black Dragon. 
Um, you anyway. can even say, Tyler, that this is a... I'm sending you this card here. Oh, boy. <laughs> a montage <laughs> dragon. Montage uh, dragon. It's all dragons. Why is montage dragon so buff? He's shredded. Dragons don't need to be shredded in this way, Jimmy. This makes me uncomfortable. My friend um, saw Montage Dragon in the shower, and he said that Montage Dragon has an eight-pack. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all of that to say, all level eight cards are rad as hell, and all of them would have looked cool killing the I finally again. found one that's not a dragon, okay. but it is Archfiend Emperor, the first Lord of Horror. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. <laughs> Look oh, at this fucking shit. guy. This is what Skeletor wishes he looked like. This is Skeletor's final form. This is what Skeletor sees in the mirror, I think. Just a big skeleton armor dude with a big red and black sword. That's really badass. When are we going to get to see any of these things in the show? Uh, Holy shit. GX, I think. (laughs) Dang it. (laughs) So, you know, in a while. Um, what was the worst part of this episode for you, Jimmy? This episode, like, goes out of its way to prove that Kaiba is still just a total asshole of a person. Right, and always has an absolutely represent, an absolutely reprehensible excuse for both a human being and a brother. Yep. Yep. Just Just because he's good at business doesn't make it okay. (laughs) He's good at business because he plays business like a card game. (laughs) <laughs> he, he's good at business because he threatened to like send like an entire company's worth of people out of work right he effectively threatened to shut down a town yeah and that Fuck kaiba that's what being... why do people like kaiba he's not a good person right it's it is like an 18th century robber baron yes Absolutely. To the point where he like doesn't even see the error of his ways because he goes, no, I'm just playing by the same rules as everybody else. And those rules are fuck the rules. Yeah. It doesn't matter how I got here because I won and that justifies itself. Right. Uh, uh, Might makes right makes might. Anyway, I can't wait to see. Yugi needs to come in and mind crush him a couple more times. Boys just all clowns. Just clowns all the way down. Just just three clowns in a trench coat. <laughs> in a white trench coat. Yep. What's your worst? Uh my worst is kind of the the like opposite part of that that relationship. It's that Mokuba is way too forgiving. Like saying we're family is not a good enough reason to give someone a free pass for beating the shit out of you to save face in front of his coworkers. Yeah. Like he threw you under the bus and beat you up in front of all these like grown men who did nothing to stop it. Right. And like blamed shit on you and then didn't like, didn't even bother to deny it later on. This is a toxic relationship right here. Yeah, like he's he's openly saying, I'm taking advantage of the fact that you will never leave me. And then being like, but we're family, so I'll never leave you. That's not healthy, yeah, Mokuba. Th- that's fucking abusive. Yeah. Mokuba, get some therapy and then leave. Like this this makes me think that maybe Noah's the good guy here, right? Like he's trying to Are show Mokuba, no. This is not. I mean, what's... N- 
What has Noah ever done wrong besides imprisoning a bunch of kids and trying to steal their brains? I mean, that's what everyone in the show is trying to do. This is nothing new is the thing. Every villain so far is like, let me imprison a bunch of kids and steal their brains. (laughs) This is just what people do in this world. The classic Yu-Gi-Oh grift. (laughs) Uh, Watch out, Yugi, I'm going to imprison your friends and steal their brains. Get in line. (laughs) We... we We forget sometimes that this show started with Yugi's grandfather being magically transported into a VHS tape. (laughs) (laughs) That feels so long ago. It's been 84 years. It's been been 84 years, Yugi boy. I miss Pegasus. I miss Pegasus is the thing. Like, Like, Pegasus was also, like, stealing these kids and trying to get their brains but at least he was doing it with style he had some class about it but yeah like now part of me really hopes that like actually this is like a therapist's office that noah has taken mokuba to like you know like he's gonna be like i'll show him family and then it's just gonna be we're gonna get two episodes of noah showing mokuba here's what a good well-adjusted family looks like and, like, no, it doesn't have to be biological family. Like, chosen family means a lot, too. You don't have to stay with Kaiba just because he's blood. I'll show you real family. We're adopting you out to a new foster home that loves you. <laughs> Enjoy. And then Mokuba Enjoy. has a great You're life. Adopted. <laughs> anyway, I just want Mokuba to be happy, even though I hate Poor him. Mokuba. He doesn't deserve this. Um, all right. Is there anything else you want to mention about this episode? No, let's move on because my throat is killing me from doing Mokuba voices. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's move into the next part of the episode in which we will invite my partner, Lauren, to join us in the studio. Uh, as she gets settled, I have an email to read from Simi Simerson, the mayor of Simi City, a.k.a. the architect. Simi says, so... We need to talk about this virtual world thing. Are they physically in a virtual generated world or were they moved wholly into the digital world? Because I have questions either way. Were they separated it's by a... weird holes? Uh, or just, oh, pardon me. So they were separated by weird holes randomly opening under them. But that's were... what she said. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Commissioner. <laughs> but they were in the physical world, right? They're for sure battling in a virtual arena, and Kaiba says it is a virtual environment, so that would imply that they're doing the Rick and Morty moving platform type thing, but Seto and the Tristan body both get on motorcycles at one point. Furthermore, when Tristan loses Nesbit, or when Tristan loses, Nesbit gets his body? We see that in the episodes, and Tristan has moved into a robot body, so this only makes sense if it's physical. But why wouldn't Nesbit just leave once he had a body and if it's digital why was there a monkey body for tristan maybe i'm just a digital dummy but i sense some inconsistency in the way things are presented simmy you're right (laughs) yeah we're trying to figure out if this is like a tron situation where they got rezzed into the grid or if it's like the, the holodeck on the enterprise i think it's a holodeck situation that's my vote i think it's a holodeck because there was no point where these kids like got rezzed into the 
the, the simulation that we saw anyway that right like saw. that would be a, a crazy third act twist if it turns out they've been digital the whole time and then they open their eyes and they're like back at domino city isn't that what happened the last time they were in a virtual world no this they, is a completely different virtual world they see in that time they got into the the vr pods they, they knew they yeah, were they getting were their, into a, a video game yeah they're real bodies were just in like super good VR headsets. Right. This I think Here is it's less clear. I think it's their real bodies surrounded by digital uh hard light holograms or whatever. I think so. Which again doesn't explain why there's a robot monkey ready for Tristan's brain. Why is there a robot monkey in the virtual world? I who can say? Uh, so Simi goes on to say, as Simi does every week, Simi, uh, reviews our, our, uh, game performance. And I won't say the name of the game so I can give it my full energy later. Uh, Simi says, uh, I'm just going to read the first couple of sentences about last week. Uh, Simi says, generally the arguments were straightforward and fair. Tyler, you played it a little too safe and that's why you lost. That's fair, Simi. And then um, this is, this is why I want to read just the first couple of sentences. Remember flashy and creative appeals to lauren dot 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 and penises (laughs) (laughs) i feel as though i'll keep that in mind i feel as though simmy knows me better than i know myself (laughs) (laughs) i have seen some chatter on the discord about starting up the podcast about the game and i'm very much looking forward to that uh the game in question it is time now to play. A I do little... love a dick joke. I'm so sorry. <laughs> like I was I'm saying really earlier. I'm really sorry about that. Like I'm being serious now. No, it's you... very blue. I know my humor is very blue. Our, our our podcast has an explicit tag. No rules, just okay. right, baby. Out, out right. Outback podcast. Uh, it's time now for a little game we like to call "You Activated My Podcast Season Three: Colon Yu-Gi-Oh!" or not. Season two, colon, enter the task dungeon. We welcome High Commissioner Lauren. Hi. Uh, Hello. (laughs) As every week, Jimmy and I are going to pick a monster from our team of monsters uh, and then pit them against each other in a task that Lauren has secretly chosen for us. It is my turn to pick the monster first, I believe. My monster for this week is Ancient Lamp. Wow. Ancient lamp is literally, what if you had Genie's lamp and gave it legs? Neat. (laughs) That's the sound it makes. It's, um, it's, my favorite thing about it is it's first played as a trap card. So you place it face down and you're like, I'm going to play a trap card. And everyone goes, oh, he's got a trap card there. And nope, it's ancient lamp. Just a, just a brassy face hugger. (laughs) Well, Tyler, if you're going to, play this ancient lamp oh fuck you i see what's selected (laughs) i'm gonna go ahead and choose legend the mystical genie of the lamp god damn it all right okay that's fair you know what game recognize game (laughs) that's fine he's been waiting for you to choose this the whole time yes (laughs) he was never gonna choose Legin, the mystical genie of the lamp first because he needed you to choose ancient lamp i see the strategy here so that he could <laughs> i <it. laughs> i understand what game you're playing now jimmy i see you 
Um, all right. Okay. Legin the mystical genie of the lamp. All right. Okay. Fine. Sure. Uh, hi, Commissioner Lauren. Hi. What is the task that you've prepared for us this week? All right. This one. This one's deceptively simple. But as as Simi said, remember your creativity. Remember uh-huh. your dick jokes. <laughs> and dick jokes, apparently. Um, which Jimmy's card might have a hard time with. It just <laughs> goes to smoke beneath the pectorals. There's nothing down <laughs> Not a lot there. to work with there. <laughs> uh, anyway, tonight, the task I want you to describe to me is poison the king. Oh. Okay. Poison mm. the king. And I'm going to clarify this real quick. Nope. We, no. Poison the king. But not a real king, right? We're not we're no. not for the legal team has asked me to clarify. We are not <laughs> advocating for the poisoning yeah. of anyone. No, no. Uh in my head when I made this up, you don't it doesn't have to be this, but when I wrote this down, what I was picturing in my head was that um quest in skyrim where you gotta be sneaky and sneak in and poison i see okay yeah a a fictional king yeah like a like a high fantasy fictional king cool 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 check to check all right jimmy because i picked the monster first you get to describe how legin the mystical genie of the lamp would achieve this task legin the mystical genie of the lamp uh is it's kind of deceptive because you could just Ask the genie to poison the king, and he'd like snap his fingers, and the king would be poisoned. But we've learned our but. lesson with time, time, <laughs> jump, time watch. What was it? Time wizard. Time wizard. Time wizard. But that would immediately. Uh, I think that would backfire because if there's no obvious way in which the king was poisoned, then in this scenario where mystical genies exist. The obvious solution would be to check, all right, he was poisoned through magic. Who mm-hmm. around here has a genie? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then they'd be on to you. They, if, you if they found uh, a genie or a lamp in everyone's possession, they'd be, uh, you'd, be, you'd be marked. So the, the genie, the, the, the way you would have to go about doing this is to try and poison the king using magic in a way that does not imply that magic has been used to poison him you would have to like yeah right okay because you would have to like try and trick the the king's court into believing that something else had happened entirely um and to do that i think Legend, the mystical genie of the lamp, would have to make the king's super spicy Mexican food real <laughs> nasty. So when he gets that brown diarrhea, as we discussed at the beginning of the episode, it does not come oh out as brown diarrhea. It comes out as green diarrhea. God. <laughs> those, Jesus. Or even those cherry reds. How has this gone so bad? Uh, How has this gone so bad so quickly? Adjust the the chemical composition of some of the uh, the foods from in his garden, so that he would like alter the genome of some of the plants, and just like by freak coincidence, these plants somehow got a gene 
that is toxic to humans. And so he would, like, actually, like, affect the DNA of the plants in the, the royal gardens. And so when the, when the king dies from being poisoned, the suspicion does not fall on you, the guy... The presumably in this situation, you would be the like the the vizier, the Jafar in this situation, well. trying to like kill off the king using magic. Uh, the suspicion would fall on like the chefs or the the gardeners. Is that bad? Yes, but we're already committing regicide here, and this gets you off the hook. Wow! Wow! That was a lot. Yeah. Okay. But Jin, the mystical genie of the lamp. Poisons the king. Well, Jimmy, I'm glad you brought up sort of a, a monkey's paw scenario. Because I think that's how Ancient Lamp ended up as Ancient Lamp is. In my head canon, Ancient Lamp was once a person betrayed by the king. Is that how lamps work? Who, 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 who came upon a genie? Perhaps Jin, the mystical genie of the lamp? Who knows? And wished for uh, uh, an unimaginable power so that he could have revenge on the king. Mm -hmm. And without clarifying what the unimaginable power is, he was turned into a lamp that could sprout legs. Because who the fuck would imagine that? (laughs) And, you know, I mean, as as a lamp which can sprout legs, you kind of have to play the long game. So as the ancient lamp uh, 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 tasked with poisoning the king as a, as a matter of pride, as a matter of revenge, using your, your four spindly legs, you first have to infiltrate a market in which the king's lamp buyer frequents. And using your magical lamp light powers. I guess it would sound more like. Yes, thank you. Some ASMR for this episode. <laughs> uh, uh, the A in ASMR stands for ancient lamp. You, you must uh, uh, manipulate your lamp shape into a form that you know the king would appreciate. And the king's, the king's lamp purchaser would know that the king would appreciate. So um, I don't know if the viewers have pulled up ancient lamp by this point, but uh, I'm going to say phallic. It's, it's um suggestive. Why are you really taking Simi's advice? You know, I'm trying. Right That's a here. low blow. Once you've been purchased by the King's uh, 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 lamp purchaser, you're now in the palace. So now here's where things get difficult because as the ancient lamp, you have to perform the duties of a lamp, which are just, you know, you're lit. It's lit, fam. <laughs> um, uh, 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 wait, wait. Sorry, 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 sorry. People always take issue with this. Do you know how that lamp, how lamps like that work? Yeah, aren't they filled with oil and then you, you light at the at the, the tip? Yeah, okay. The, All right. The... People are always like, that's a tea kettle, not a lamp. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, it's, a, okay. it's a lamp. Yeah. It's an ancient Tyler, lamp. Tyler, what part of this lamp looks phallic to you? Yeah, I'm a bit the confused spout. by this as well. 
Is that what your dick looks like? Please. Use, go to the NHS that you have and consult right, with a doctor immediately. Pardon, pardon me for fucking trying to take a note. Looks like an elephant's trunk. Anyway, that has is nothing to do like. with the next part here. It looks like Mrs. Potts. It does look like Mrs. Potts. <laughs> the next part here is the hardest part because you have to wait until, uh, I guess it would be the daytime when no one's using the lamps. And you have to surreptitiously break the other lamps such that you were the only working lamp and must be close to the king at all times. Whoa. Then you wait for the night of a, of a fancy party that the king has held a banquet in honor of some such, whatever the fuck, uh, uh, the great hero, some such, whatever the fuck <laughs> fought many battles uh that's great i'm gonna use that when i soon to be sir Um, whatever the fuck uh and uh uh the king has had uh maybe a few too many maybe not but there's uh the sounds of of a grand party happening all around and as night falls the party moves out into the city streets and the king retires to his bed chambers with you the remaining lamp You wait until the king has fallen into a deep slumber and then using the really the only thing left at your disposal, you pop out your four tiny legs, crawl onto the king's chest and force the spout down his mouth, filling him with your lamp oil. I mean, you're a lamp. You don't have anything left to live for, really. It doesn't matter if you get caught at this point. Your, Your job here is done. And then all that's left is to use your four tiny little uh, uh let's see if i can do that nice uh and uh just hold on until until the job is done and that's how you poison the oh. king as the ancient lamp i am on poison.org the <laughs> national capital of poison center of course to see course if lamp are. oil is actually poisonous okay i mean it can't Depends on what it what it depends was. on what it was. Kerosene. Many oils are flammable. Yeah, but is it poison? Well, poison is defined by the dosage, isn't it? This is a lamp's worth. You can be poisoned by anything's a poison if you drink enough of it. Whoa, that's deep. Well, it's just a scientific that's also a fact. fact. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy, what are you finding? Is is lamp oil not poisonous somehow? I don't know if it's actually poisonous. It's bad and toxic, sure, mm-hmm, but I don't know mm-hmm. if it's going to kill you. Um, if I I would argue this little you, girl drank yeah. lamp oil and was coughing. Uh, she got chest X-rays and showed pneumonitis. Uh, still breathing fast, had a low-grade fever, not in distress. Twenty-four hours after she swallowed the lamp oil, her coughing and fever had resolved. Um, repeat chest x-rays showed mild inflammation of the lungs uh, observed in the hospital one more day and then sent home in good condition so I don't know if swallowing lamp oil alright Mr. Fucking, fucking genie he uses poisonous lamp oil okay good that's all <laughs> it's I poison wanted is to in like, the lamp oil. it's poisoned yes <laughs> alright where how are you going to get poison as a lamp okay so <laughs> 
because this is my rebuttal and i'm going to tear your argument to pieces in in the <laughs> process of eliminating the other lamps at one point you're used as the lamp in the kitchen and in the kitchen you while no one is looking so during the the day during the time when the kitchen is not in use and the lamp is not in use you dump rat poison into your your lamp hole Someone's poisoned the lamp hole. And it gets and it gets mixed in with the lamp oil. And you do that the day before the 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 grand party so that you're still poisonous. Now I'm wondering if poisoned lamp oil will still function properly. What, like in the in the like text adventure dungeon you're creating here? <laughs> like use poison yeah. on lamp oil? No, if it'll still light for your Yeah, story. will it light and or if it's like going to spread toxic fumes to everyone around it. Jimmy, this is a lamp that sprouts <laughs> legs. You're trying to apply science to something that is unimaginable. <laughs> applying science to poison, which is entirely reasonable. Alright, Mr. The lamp itself is magic. Mr. Genie magical powers? Let's apply science to that. <laughs> uh a wizard did it. Oh, okay. A wizard did it. Cool. Show Literally, me the- I specified that the magic magic he used did affect DNA in the plants, <laughs> causing them to mutate to a poisonous state. All right, fine. Where's where's your well researched article? Your peer reviewed article showing that magic can alter the DNA of a thing. It's in the name. Me, it's magic. Let me go to magic.com and just look up. Can magic actually alter DNA of plants? I mean, viruses can alter your DNA. Yeah, but can you magically create a and virus? Your RNA. Can you can you ask a genie to create a virus in real life? Maybe. No, I don't think so. I've never met anyone who could just do that. Just saying. Okay, fine. You also don't know how magic works. I've used my rebuttal time. <laughs> Hi, Commissioner. Hi. Your your verdict, please. <laughs> That's fine. That's fine. It's all right. I'll be over here. Don't mind. He has his annoyed face on. Tyler's mad because we called him out for immediately using dick jokes. <laughs> That's actually not why I'm mad. That was understandable. <laughs> um, interestingly, neither of you went for the background explanation, like why the king deserved to be poisoned. I did. What did you say? He betrayed me. I didn't uh, say oh, how or why. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant. Um, or like... I don't know. I don't know. I was expecting more background details, I think, when I wrote this. I'm not sure why. Um, the king is a fucker. There's your background. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that guy. Uh, it is a beautiful day in the town, and the king must be poisoned. <laughs> <laughs> and you are a terrible lamp. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mean lamp. Um, no, Tyler, I did like the background behind yours that you went to why it was a lamp um but i do want to read the 
fantasy novel of Lijin, the mystical genie of the lamp, and his poisonous green thumb. So, Yay, congratulations, Lijin, the mystical genie of the lamp. I'm um, sorry, Tyler. That's fine. That's You know what? The beauty of this is I don't have to agree with you. <laughs> There's so many responses to that. <laughs> Just gonna write this on my brown diarrhea keyboard. <laughs> You're really stuck on that, aren't you? Uh, I can't believe they named it that. Why would you do that? There had to have been someone along the process somewhere who had to have been like, you know, this sounds like diarrhea, right? <laughs> you know, you would think. You would think so. All right, well, congratulations, Jimmy. Congratulations, congratulations. Lejin, uh, the mystical genie of the lamp. I'm sorry, Tyler. You know what? It gives me no pleasure. I'm Does just... me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. Um, all right, well, thank you both for playing the game. I do appreciate playing this game every week, uh, even though I am perturbed <laughs> at this particular uh, outcome. Uh, I'm sorry. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can email us at youactivatedmypodcast at gmail.com. You can go to our website, heartofthe.cards. We have a contact form there as well. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at yampod. That's Y-A-M-P-O-D. Um, this week, is there anything I'm forgetting uh, uh, show-wise? I don't think so. Um a thing that I've been thinking about a lot recently is in our show notes, we link to blacklivesmatters.card.co. Uh, definitely go check that out if you haven't already. It's a great way to support a lot of uh, communities of color around the United States, especially. I also really want to call out this week uh, the Pancreatic Cancer Action Network, PanCan. Um, go and donate to them if you can. Uh, last week, we lost Alex Trebek uh, uh, to pancreatic cancer. Mm. It's one of those things where... You, you know it's coming, but boy, it still stings. Um, and uh, they're just uh, an organization that's doing a lot of great work to uh, help people sort of work through what being diagnosed with pancreatic cancer is. Uh, uh, so they're they're helping a lot of folks. So go donate there if you can. Uh, even $5 actually does an amazing amount of, of help, and they list all that on their website, uh, which is just pancan.org. So... On that downer of a note, next week we'll be back with a new episode uh, that I'm not even going to look up the name of. Uh, I think it's going to be a two-part episode, though, if I remember correctly. Does that sound right to you, Jimmy? Probably. Okay, They've been now dropping that... multi-part episodes on us left and right. So Now that I've said I'm not going to look it up, if I'm it was totally going to look it up. <laughs> if it was a standalone episode, I'd be shocked. Yeah. Uh, it is... Oh! It's not a multi-part episode. I'm shocked! The next episode is called Noah's Secret. Ooh, so finally, building some actual an lore. <laughs> he's been secretly collecting two of every animal. <laughs> Noah's Secret. He forgot to take the other unicorn. <sighs> Damn, Damn it. Damn it, Noah. I've, I've told you guys this, right? Uh, until I was like nine, I thought that's how the dinosaurs died. I have not heard this before, Tyler. No. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, I was taught that the dinosaurs died because Noah wouldn't let them on the ark. And I, I thought that God, because I read it. I imagine 
Tyler. I read it in a science textbook. Oh my goodness. In a science textbook. I'm just textbook. imagining God being like, hey, Noah, take two of every creature, except these fuckos. I made them as a mistake. <laughs> Get them out of here. <laughs> Those are the prototypes. Also, why I always really think about with, with that is like everything would be so inbred that it would die out like nearly instantly. Explains a lot about us, doesn't it? If you only had two of every animal, like mm-hmm. we just mm-hmm. you would have a lot of genetic uh, mutations that were not good. Maybe we do. Oh wow! Wow. I mean, wasn't Noah's dad Methuselah, who lived for like nine hundred some odd years? Oh yeah, that's right. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Eve, and a viable genetic population. <laughs> uh okay on that note let's end the episode uh we'll be back next week with another one uh oh that's what i forgot our discord of course run by our lovely community discord uh is heart of the joined, dot cards so stop yelling at me finally joined <laughs> jimmy's on the discord <laughs> uh it is heart of the dot cards slash discord to join um all right that'll actually do it we'll talk to y'all next week And until next time, looks like you won't be leaving cyberspace anytime soon.